Alright, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Senpai Kohai Podcast. And with me today is the, oh, I was about to mix up their names, the Marin to my Gojo. I was going to say the Mojo to my Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the other one's names. Stephen, what are you doing over there? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, a little tired after a long couple weeks of uh, hard work and ignoring sleep, but uh, I'm having a good time. I'd uh, let's see. We we did a little bit of a multiplayer gaming last night. Discovered uh, that I am trash at Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon it's Ball just, Fighters. Thank that's you. it. <laughs> that's okay. I'm old. I don't know words. All right. Gen Z. So up you in just here. say it as you read it. It's not a nothing crazy actually you're not gen z are you i don't actually know what the no i'm a are. millennial oh that's great we're both millennials i'm just an old millennial ah uh, yeah you're on the other end of the spectrum of it the toppy and the bottom half mm. that's the second time we've been ah never mind let me not <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway. like no one can see me making the face that went along with that awkward exchange but it was a, it was a good time i appreciate uh the uh the training on dragon ball fighters and uh, the absolute ass kicking I took in Mario Kart. It was it was a really good time. I was, I haven't had a like a night to like hang out by myself or uh, do any gaming for quite a while, so it was a really nice treat. Um, but how about you, my friend? Like, what what have you been up to? Yeah, no, I had the same. I, I hopped in on the the latter end of the game night last night, um, but it was fun. I hopped in. I was doing Final Fantasy fifteen at first because I just didn't want to play Mario Kart. Um, I found out that my build, my car is, uh, it's trash. I, I am co- a competent racer, but a friend of ours, uh, Shane on the tales of episode, he, he raced and he raced me and I, I know I am the best racer. That is, that is a, that is an objective fact that I am the best racer, but I turned off everything while we were racing one night so that I could observe him racing and he wasn't doing anything special. He, he doesn't have any, any tactics or anything but he he has a good build like what whatever whatever he built he is fast it's a it's a monster so i i have to i gotta go to the lab and actually construct something and see what i can do but that's something i have to do on my own time before i whip mm-hmm. it out and then fighter z it's just uh figuring out who i'm gonna use to replace android 17 he's been a part of my uh oven Ovin and, and that those damn pink slips. He's always out there getting those pink slips. I don't know if y'all could hear that. Some loud mufflers. He's always out there getting them. But uh, yeah, it's just reconstructed my team a little bit. But it's always Frieza. It's always my Frieza. It was Frieza fun playing. Trash. That Frieza is a monster. Uh, he is trash though. He is trash. <laughs> I can't imagine fighting a Frieza. No one fights with Frieza. You're um, a huge fan of Frieza. You always have been. I love the fact that your username is uh, Lord Treza. Oh, yeah. And that's just a... I hope that throws people off. Like, no way he uses Frieza. And then sure enough, there he is. Like, oh, he does do it. <laughs> He's always the closer, man. Always the closer. Every time. Every time I use him beforehand, it's, it's a fail. I lose if I use Frieza before my third. Because it really, he he's just... He... Everyone else is just, you know, oh, maybe, maybe I'm going to get him. But then my Frieza, I, I have, I know Frieza way too mm-hmm. well. I, I've really put hours into practicing him. As you should. Mm-hmm. But really, that's that's a bit about it. That, I've started Final Fantasy 15. Um, 
that's going really well. I found a list that tells me how to ingest Final Fantasy 15 since it's such a cross media game being mm-hmm. that it has a movie, a couple animes, different DLCs that are all supposed to be interjected at different parts of the game. So I am working on that um, in my spare time and that's going really well. So far I'm like three chapters in, I've already had to watch the brotherhood anime, the Kingsglaive movie, and that's it so far. Um, I'm coming up on one of the DLC episodes soon, Nice, but it's, it's going pretty well. And I'm really enjoying it this time around. Um, I'm putting a hold on Monster Hunter Stories too, but apart from that, Stephen, what are you playing? Well, I've been playing uh, a multitude of games. Uh, I actually got the chance to get together and socialize with some friends uh, in the recent days, and I played some card games. Uh, I know it's it's kind of foreign on here, but I haven't played board games or card games in so long, and it was such a refreshing experience. Uh, I played this like Disney villain sort of like card game. And you, you like take on the role of a villain and you have like specific objectives you have to do. And like, you can play cards to screw over other players. They can play cards to screw over you. And it's just, it's really kind of creative. And there's apparently all these expansions and I had a lot of fun with that. It lasted a lot longer than I expected it to last as long as like, say like a magic, the gathering game or something like that. But it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of a uh, subterfuge and alliances forged and alliances broken. Uh, and it just like, uh, our friend's uh, our friend's wife is is cutthroat in that game. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we also played a, a game called Muffin Time, which is a uh, a card game based around the ASDF movies that uh, YouTuber Tom Ska makes. And they're just completely random humor. But the card game is also the same kind of concept. It, there's different cards that make. Uh, make people draw cards or, or get rid of cards. And some of them are like, if somebody burps, sneezes or farts and you know, during the thing, like they have to discard three cards and it's like a trap card. You get to hide from people. And so the goal is to get 10 cards and like do kind of an Uno type thing, but there's all these goofy ass cards and you can block people from doing stuff. They can block you from blocking it. Um, it's just a blast to play. It's super silly. And I, and I loved it. That was a lot of fun. Um, I did, I did play some video games though uh yeah i know kind of wild Ooh. i know uh it, I, I played the new teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge i saw you beat that how was that it was a lot of fun it, so if you ever played like the old school ninja turtles beat em up games like turtles in time uh primarily turtles in time is really what most people know but there was like a there was a teenage mutant ninja turtle like arcade game on the nes and uh, there was another one on the Super Nintendo as well. Uh, and But the main one everybody really kind of remembers is Turtles in Time at the arcade. And this is kind of like, uh, this is made by Dot Emu. And I may be mispronouncing their company's name, uh, but I love saying the word Emu. So I just throw a dot in front of it. Dot Emu. I think it's they, Dotemu, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I may also be making that up. <laughs> We're not name police, all right? So uh anyways they made streets of rage 4 the uh kind of like sequel to all that it's like really nice hand-drawn graphics and uh the turtles shredder's revenge is essentially like this big love letter to teenage mutant ninja turtle beat-em-ups i played with a friend of mine which was uh, that's really it's a lot of fun to play with people you can play up to six players on it and uh i think april o'neill is a character you can play with all the ninja turtles you can get casey jones and it's like 
I think it's like 16 or 17 stages and it's just good old fashioned beat em up. But there's also these different moves you can do so you can be more strategic, kind of like in Streets of Rage 4. And it was a lot of fun. I My friend had a lot more like rec- recall in terms of Turtles lore because he was like, oh, it's this character. Oh, it's this character. Oh, this is the thing. I'm like, how do you remember that? Like, you're not that much older than me. Like, I think he's only like a, a couple years older than me. And I remember being in Ninja Turtles and knowing like the four turtles and like Casey, like Casey Jones, like the big stuff. He was like calling up storylines. I'm like, why are there triceratops in this thing? They're like, oh, yeah. Like in the later seasons. Like, what? I had no idea there was that much lore to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon. I know there's, you know, a comic that separates more violent and kind of dark. But the cartoon had a lot of characters because you fight. A boss per stage and there's a different one on each one of them for the most part i think they kind of recycle rocksteady and bebop uh but they had fun little homages in there to the movies and uh you know different stuff like all the different vehicles and stuff that they get uh it's a lot of fun but there's really not a lot of replay value like this is a group game this is something like you you and your bros are hanging out and you want to play a game together Shredder's Revenge is definitely a high on the list, honestly. But in terms of replay value, there's not much. Like once you beat the story, uh, you can do some challenges. Uh, there's a few collectibles, and there's like an arcade mode where it's like, okay, now you don't get endless continues or lives. It's a little bit harder. Like a, like a, you know, if you're trying to beat the game on one coin. But outside of that challenge, there's really not much else. I mean, unless there's some secret unlock, I am unaware of. As far as I can tell, it's just more beaten up. And uh, I don't know, like that. I think that's the only downside. The only downside of the game is a good time, though. Like uh, it's something we could get together and do, and it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Now there's a lot of turtles lore. Just to hit back on that, I I remember I spent like a week researching Ninja Turtles just for giggles because I like <laughs> cartoons and cartoon lore, and it was a it was a lot. I didn't expect to have so much turtle lore, but yeah. I, I thought it was just good. Like this cartoon was drawn by this guy. But it was a lot of shit that came with that turtle lore. I was like, this is cool. I did. Jesus. Yeah. There's uh, there's like these uh, like four surfer frog brothers called uh, like the, I guess uh, the punk frogs. And mm-hmm. they're kind of like, they always get the credit for what the Ninja Turtles do. And I, I don't remember that at all. At all. And uh, there's like these kids that are like from Dimension X that are like kind of like 1950s like greasers and like uh like sock hop girls and it's like but they have weird sci-fi outfits and in kind of like futuristic pompadours and that was that was a whole storyline and i was like who are these people i don't know like i remembered like baxter stockman but then there was like robot characters and like i don't remember any of this i don't know what's happening uh but it was it was a lot of fun i say it's it's worth uh checking out it's on game pass I I have Game Pass again. If you can't uh, guess, oh that. great! Yeah, here, here we, we go. go, baby. Hey, Phil, <laughs> Phil, make that check out. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, it's it's a cool little. They launched it on Game Pass, and it was definitely uh, worth like a play. Uh, we might have to boot it up at our our get together. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's only one other game I've been playing, and that is one that I can not recommend enough. Like this game shocked me at how good it is, and it's it's easily in my game of the year kind of like category yeah neon white oh okay yeah this game is just beautiful it's got great music uh the concept is absolutely wild 
uh great voice acting this i you know i'm only a little ways into the story but it, but it's pretty enjoyable so far um i like the fact that our main character isn't a complete like uber badass he's kind of he kind of has his moments where he's he's a little dumb or or uh gets a little nervous and, and that's really cool but it like what i thought it was changed until i finally figured out what kind of game it is it's like oh it's a it's a story based like it's got visual novel scenes for like story and then you do levels and it's first person shooter I'm like all right cool and then you play the game and it's not it's really not it's more like okay you gotta get these cards which are guns but when you discard them you do an extra action and so you're like okay you can traverse these stages in different ways and so it's a first person shooter you know card building thing and i was like all right cool and then i finally figured out it's a puzzle game it is an absolute puzzle game under the guise of like this like speed running first person shooter like because you move and you got to jump and hop and bounce off things and it's you just feel like a badass playing it like the game is designed to make you feel like you're a speed runner in a first person shooter like traversal game and it's it's really it's really good there's collectibles and and different challenges and stuff like that it's it's in each mission in the in the game because there's like i think there's like 12 missions or something like that is what somebody told me but each mission has like 10 stages in it mm. and and so you have to you have to go through all like probably like 100 something stages and it's it's a lot of fun i i just i was uh i played it for four hours straight when i first started it and then i was playing other games and then found myself just wanting to go back and play it and that's that's kind of wild to me it's, it's rare that i've had a game in recent memory that was made me go i don't want to play this anymore i want to play that other thing i was playing so i'm a huge fan of it yeah i remember when they showed that i think it was at a direct and i was like that's that's definitely something i'm going to want to try and i, I pre-ordered that like a month ago and I didn't realize it was already here until we were talking about it. And I was like, ah, I'll have to try that after Final Fantasy 15. I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's a it's a huge, huge blast. I, I can't recommend it enough. If you guys got if you guys got 25 bucks, it's worth the money. Like it's it's twenty four ninety nine on Steam and Switch. And it is is worth every penny already. I, I put I think in total I put like six or something hours into it already. So. Well, before we get off of games, I'm going to hit you with a couple games real quick from the games that have been announced the past couple weeks. Um, there have been a lot of little mini E3 type direct things, just people announcing shit that's going on. Um, just to get your quick thoughts on them, um, just let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is the Persona 3, 4, and 5 to everywhere but the Switch. that's that's the saltiest way to put that by the way nice little backhand little backhand uh opening what do you think about that i i think that's awesome i'm glad more people are gonna get the chance to actually play persona uh you know i'm glad they they ported persona portable uh persona 3 portable because you get the extra character and all the extra content and uh it does its traversal system is definitely different than the other games because it has more of kind of a uh you know bounce from one location to another through like a menu system but it still works mm. really really well and the art associated with it is very nice and you get i think you get the most out of that one so i'm glad they ported that persona 4 is all is like a classic i i actually think persona 4 is better than persona 3 there are some people that will hit me with some pitchforks and torches but i like persona 4 but i also like detective stories and and the persona world and so that's that's very much uh you know something i was really big on also like everybody wears glasses and i yeah 
that's that i was really fan i was a big fan of that uh okay anyways but yeah i'm super, super glad everybody is getting more persona except for nintendo fans until they eventually have a nintendo direct and be like persona three four and five out today that's exactly what's gonna happen that's what they're gonna do absolutely out to out today um next up is silk song finally got some news on that yes okay i can't believe it i can remember a period of time where i gave no shits about hollow knight like, me I was too like, yeah it's like it's so a soon ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that game that game changed me like i that was such a good game and i love the art i love the the gameplay i love the difficulty I mean, I still have things like I go back and I'll pick it up every once in a while to see if I can just kind of still do stuff. Uh, I, I've watched speed run videos of it and different stuff like that. So I, like it's a huge part of my gaming history now. And so when we finally got footage of the game, all of that came running back. And I was like, yes, let's do this. I because I saw some of the new traversal and like I love how the trailer actually starts out pretty mundane. It's like, oh yeah, she's moving around. She's fighting some enemies. And then it just escalates further and further with them showing off bosses and big set pieces. And, oh man, I'm so pumped for it. I mean, it's kind of wild that it came out of an Xbox showcase though. Yeah. I think I thought it was weird that it was like a Bethesda thing or Mm -hmm. the way it was tagged was like Xbox Bethesda. And I was like, that's weird. I wonder where it falls in that umbrella or if it was just a deal with Game Pass that that's how Team Cherry got it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't looked into it far enough to really ask about that. Man, I got you got to wonder if it's kind of like Netflix deals and stuff like that, where it's like, hey, if you bring your game out on Game Pass day one, we'll help you like, you know, we'll grease the wheels a little bit with that that green grease mm-hmm. uh, to make sure this gets done. I mean, because they've announced that these games are going to be on Game Pass or out on Xbox or whatever. Uh, within the next 12 months yeah so this is the first like timeline that anybody has had for silk song so there is a lot of nerds like just getting hard right now they are so like a A lot of entomologist geeks just (laughs) out there ready for some bugs oh my god next up resident evil 4 remake uh i'm not gonna say i sleep but i'm definitely you better, do, you I'm better drowsy not. i'm better drowsy not. oh my god okay look no it's not like that it's uh, you need to understand it's like i'm looking at it not, but I'm, I, I i think you need to understand hang on i think you need to understand <laughs> i have triggered this man <laughs> i've triggered him terribly um resident residual 4 is is the the seminal of all i don't even know if i'm using that word right the seminal experience of resident <laughs> evil that 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 was the peak and then here came resident evil 7 and 8 behind this, yeah this grew so the other ones could rise <laughs> but i'm pretty excited I, for it I, it's just the fact that it, like it, it's kind of weird because it doesn't feel like that much of an upgrade yeah it really does like in terms of just like looking at it like like my thing is i can pick up resident evil 4 on d- most digital storefronts right now uh for like 9.99 or something like that and uh and play the game and get get a great experience in terms of like what i'm seeing is even like the the interface and gameplay is pretty dead the same it's just like a graphical overhaul character i think they use the new engine the re engine or whatever yep but you know we'll see i i think it'll really just depend on the the price point and if i've actually finally like started playing resident evil again so fair enough next up dragon dog dragon's dogma 2 uh you know a lot of people are excited about this i am a little 
cautious. Like I tried to play, I've tried to play the first game several times and I don't know if the gameplay is just not clicking with me or I'm just bad at that game. But like, I don't know. I just don't get that, that, that kind of drive to like really push through and play it. Uh, I, I got a copy of it with the uh, humble bundle released a Capcom uh, bundle for like, I think it was like $25 or something like that, 20 mm-hmm. or $25. And that was included in it. And I, you know, I was thinking like, maybe, maybe I'll give it a go. Maybe all of a sudden my brain will understand it. I just remember playing it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. It took a while to get to the actual like meat of the game. And then you have party members who are AI controlled. They talk a lot. You got to climb monsters and attack them. Plus you have magic and you can switch between your players. There's a lot going on there. And I, I don't know if my ADD can really like keep up with it. Uh, we'll see. The um, biggest thing I remember was climbing the monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, cause I had that on PS3 and I just remember the big focus was there was this, this Griffin and these other rock monsters. And it was always climb them and fight them. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be doing this. I want, I want these neat bombastic action scenes. I don't want to sit here and, like huff it up this griffin's leg i want to i want to put my sword in its head yeah and it was just i remember being really do you diff- remember the battles difficult. taking a long time yeah like it, it was i don't know draining just to yeah. sit here and keep doing this not not in the way that like i guess breath of the wild has you like kind of with your stamina bar we you have to climb rocks your you know faces mm-hmm. and everything but this one is just i don't know it, it was like, different maybe this maybe dragon's dogma 2 will be uh, i don't know we'll see I, ha- I had a big i had a big like vibe that it, it was like they saw the success of uh shadow shadow of the colossus and they were like let's add that to our game too but it just really kind of slowed down battle and complicated things and it doesn't help like you're supposed to be issuing commands to your ai but you can also switch to your ai and you have to like it's just a lot because yeah. it's not, it's not set up like a like a Baldur's Gate or a Divinity where you can be like, all right, pause the action. All right, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this, and then it's all gonna like resolve. This is like I'm trying to climb a griffin, stab it in the neck while telling my wizard to shoot a fireball and my you know rogue to sneak around the back and stab it in the ankles. It, it, that's a lot. So yeah. I mean, I may be getting that wrong. I'm trying to remember from like PS3 days and stuff like that. There, there might be someone out there that hears this and goes, "You're an idiot. You're terrible at games," and they'd be right. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty soft on on Dragon Saga two for now. So, Final Fantasy Crisis Core Reunion. Yes, that one I'm pumped for. Okay, I liked Crisis Core on the PSP. I actually still have my copy. As a matter of fact, it was it's a unique gameplay uh, setup. It's a really it's it's clear that they're going to keep that part of the story as canon. So that's awesome too. It does a lot of like explaining characters who got very little exposition in the in the main game originally, and uh, I think uh, Crisis Core was like the first one when they started doing like more for Final Fantasy VII. Like Final Fantasy VII came out. Seven. Um, <laughs> sorry, just, I, I wasn't gonna address it. <laughs> no, it's like I I had to own it myself. Like it just sounded so weird. Sometimes I just want to use weird voices and accents, but that game came out and became a phenomenon, and then Square Enix went back and like kind of release games around it because not only was there crisis core there was a game called before crisis which had like the turks on it and everything like that and believe it or not it, i actually had a wall scroll for that game it was a, it was like a mobile game if i recall correctly like early mobile game really and I, ha- and I had the wall scroll and the wall scroll had uh art of the turks but it looked like that tetsuya, uh, tetsuya nomura 
like kind it of was like his hand col- drawing. Yeah, like it had the thick black outlines like Kingdom Hearts and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're so happy right now. Ooh. I'll see if I can find a like a picture of it, but I, I had that and I was uh, I was trying to figure out back in the day how to like emulate it on a on a computer and I just I never did, but I was I was all about the Turks anyway. So, I'm very excited for Crisis Core. I'm excited for a lot of what they're doing with the franchise. Uh, because I'm sure that your follow-up to this is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. No, it was actually going to be, why is there not Final Fantasy Dirge of Cerberus? And oh. I'm uh, I'm devastated. I was going to leave off Rebirth uh, just for the sake of that. <laughs> but no, like, it, I know you like that shit. But what about I, Dirge I of Cerberus? We're all excited for Rebirth. But where the fuck is Dirge of Cerberus? <laughs> I'm about to go into the Dirge. If that's even wonder, what that is. It makes me wonder if like instead of it, maybe they're using the mobile game or whatever that game is like first soldier i think it is it's the shooter mm-hmm. to like gauge interest like enough ah. people play a final fantasy 7 shooter they'll go we should release a, a remake of dirge of cerebus no way uh, i'm gonna that, butcher that name yeah you did you, you're doing pretty bad i know but it's a night. i think this is just supposed to be like a Fortnite, like a fort <laughs> a fort light like this isn't I don't know. First Soldier isn't uh I don't think there's a narrative to it. I, I haven't played it, but I'm not sure. I don't think there is. But Is it out? Like Yeah, it's I I'm had no sure idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, uh, clearly I'm not interested in that one. Uh but yeah, I'm excited about Crisis Core. I'm extremely disappointed and broken on the inside over a lack of dirge of service. And uh I'm I'm interested in rebirth. I'm curious what they're gonna do. Um, yeah first soldier is out um is it mobile only it is mobile only um and you okay yeah i remember seeing different uh different promotions because you can actually get final fantasy 7 like pixelated cloud to fight instead of using remake cloud and and difference you you could get different skins because it's final fantasy fortnite that's all it is absolutely so i don't know Oh, gross. Anyways, you got any more for me? Um, Kingdom Hearts 4. Where are you at with the... I'm excited about for Kingdom Hearts 4. I, I'm really excited to actually see if this is the one that motivates me to actually finish a Kingdom Hearts game. It will... That is... This is not the... No. Do not do that with <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 4. That is not going to be the one. Oh, uh, no. Good like, God. I'm, I'm, just, oh. I'm actually thinking maybe maybe I'll see enough of it that'll get me excited enough to actually like pop in Kingdom Hearts 1 and complete it. So maybe then I'll be motivated to continue the series from there. Like, I, I don't know. So, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 4 looks like it's already dependent on you to have beat the... Uh, to beat the mobile game which kind of depends on you having knowledge of like two of the other games at least which would depend on you having knowledge of five other games yep so you know don't do that don't don't raw dog for but (laughs) apart from that that, (laughs) i'm not raw dogging any game dear lord all right and this brings us to the meat and potatoes of this episode. And that is darling in the Franks. And a (laughs) lot, I'm not going to be able to get my way out of this one. (laughs) No, you're not going to be able to get out of this. You've been trying far too many times already. This episode is about my dress up darling. One of my personal favorite series that I have talked incessantly about. And now there's been an anime that everybody gushed about and posted on Twitter about, and just drove Trey 
crazy because it got really popular and that's what it takes for an anime to drive trey batty that is the most true thing i think i've ever heard if it gets popular <laughs> it pisses me off that's really what it takes Wait, that, but how do, how do you how do you love dragon ball z and rudo and things like that? those are like insanely popular how are those not like on your hated list i grew up with it becoming popular so i didn't i didn't have to deal with the with the flare type popularity that everything has nowadays where you've been, you've been preaching about my dress up darling for eons. Mm -hmm. And now out of nowhere, we have this anime and then the flare happens. Mm -hmm. My dress up darling, Marin everywhere, Gojo, Simpin. And like, it's, it was (laughs) everywhere for like so long. I couldn't even open Twitter without seeing one of the two of them or her in one of her outfits. And like, you know, that's that's pretty boring. I didn't want to see that. Um, but I'm also just a guy that really likes variety, too. And I just can't stand looking at the same thing for too long. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm a little more excited about it as well. And I have been is because I've followed it since it started, like when it was early on in its serialization. So I've got got to watch the characters kind of change and grow like at a reasonable pace. It's one of the reasons why I kind of like manga in the sense that sometimes the story evolves over like a year or two. It's not like with anime where it's like, all right, you have this chunk of, of information already and here's 12 episodes over, you know, eight weeks, you know, let's go. And like, yeah. it's, it is this like red hot fire, especially within the world of social media and things like that. So it can really hit you. I think uh, because you brought it up and I know this is, we'll get to the actual series, but you brought up this like, that's the waifu of the season. Yeah. And every time. It- they always find the one and she, she was God. She almost lasted for two seasons. Mm-hmm. She was not, she's not awful. Marin's great. I do. I do appreciate her. I did watch mm-hmm. the show. I don't know if I've said that on here, but I did. I did watch it. I did like it. It was good. I have qualms, mm-hmm. but it was good. Okay. So with that said, let's kind of hit the, the framework here. Uh, my Dress Up Darling is actually the title that is used over in the West. The original title is uh, actually right here. It's Sono Bisque Doll Wakoi Wosuru, which uh, it basically is talking about like a bisque doll, which is like a porcelain doll. And so it kind of brings to mind that she's the doll, the, the dress up doll in the original kind of like literal translation. And so My Dress Up Darling kind of fits it pretty well. So that's at but it's basically about this guy who loves the art of hina dolls which is basically these like traditional japanese dolls that you have to actually do makeup and paint the faces and like do their their clothing and stuff like that so but they're little miniature people and this is kind of viewed as a very feminine art amongst a lot of people but surprisingly you know he's the grandson of a, a hina doll maker and you know he thinks he loves it he's in love with it and he has this uh weird complex that he has developed because he was called, you know, he's kind of made fun of for enjoying this when he was a little kid um, cut to the future. And he's kind of a nervous Nelly, a little bit of a awkward duck at the uh, high school. And he meets our ever so popular Gyaru main character, Marin. Oh, sh- shoot. I didn't say his name. His name is Go- uh, Wakana Gojo. Ah, there we go. Main character is Wakana Gojo. He doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. 
I disagree. I know. I'm. I'm just, I'm just trying I, to incite violence. I was. I, you were about. You were about to see actual fire come out of my eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then he he kind of inadvertently meets Marin, this Gyaru kind of ultra popular girl, and in a hilarious way, I actually think that the anime an, animates it funnier because she literally comes flying out of nowhere and lands like bashes into his desk, like one of her friends like tripped her or something like that. And they kind of meet, and he's, like, freaked out by her because she's so, like, sociable and nice. And he's like, uh, 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 what do I do? And then he just kind of runs away, if I recall correctly. But uh, basically, he finds out uh, that she likes she likes cosplay, and she's terrible at it. And then he gets asked by her to make her cosplay outfits. And then the story proceeds from there. Um, so that's kind of the framework of the uh, the storyline. And we will definitely get some more details and everything. But uh, so, like, what was your overall impression of the series? So the first, the anime, the 12 an- episodes of anime, and this is what we're going to cover in this podcast, it covers the first five volumes of the manga. There is more than that. Um, what was your takeaway from the uh, the first, I guess, uh, season of My Dress Up Darling? So I really liked the setup. And that's that's really what this is. And I mean, I understand that there's a lot more to the show. Um, but one one reason, and it, it is really just a, a tray problem um, mm-hmm. that I don't watch incomplete shows, is because I I take it for what it is and I assess it and I I make my final judgment there. And one thing <laughs> that I really hated was that I you know you know you get to the end, um, and we'll we'll work our way through each of the episodes or, or we'll talk about the major points. Um, but it's great watching Gojo and Marin. Is it Marin or Marin? You know, I think it's whatever you want it to be. This is like the, the, the manga manga discussion. Yeah. So I was actually, when, when I was going through making my notes, I was listening to it in Spanish. And uh, the Spanish dub of uh, My Dress of Darling is pretty great. It sounds nice. And they also have like Spanish music in the background. And it's, uh, I, I really liked what I was listening to. Okay, I gotta know, like, how do you how how do you stumble into watching the Spanish dub of the show? <laughs> no idea. Like, I was going through getting all the synopsis, uh, just kind of reading through, going through everything, and I heard it start, and uh, I just heard him speak in Spanish, which is odd, because um, I've never set Spanish as a default on anything, and I don't even I don't even remember what the subtitles were. But he just kept going, and I was like, I actually I, I listen to a lot of Spanish music. Um, I, I really like how it sounds um, overall as a language, and so I started listening to it. And I was like, this sounds nice as an anime. I kind of like this. <laughs> and then the music starts going, and I got to one of the episodes, and it it almost sounded like a Venetian boat ride, like with the music in the background wow. and the way they were talking to each other. I was like, what what is going on? Well, how did how did this get mixed like this? And I, I wasn't mad at it, but I felt like if I could just listen to my dress up darling in Spanish and just not see the screen, it could have been anything else. But alas, what were we talking about? You vibe <laughs> in weird ways. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't say anything either. Uh, so it was just your overall like feeling about the the actual just first season. I mean, if you want to oh, go yeah. ahead and jump into the actual like episodes and kind of content there, you are welcome to. I think I'll do that because I'll start rambling and I'll start spoiling. Mm-hmm. So um, my first initial impression, um, uh, 
so I listen, I watched this dubbed, um, oversubbed, and apparently that was a big make or break thing for a lot of people. Um, I did not enjoy the dub. Oh, uh, really? Pers- yeah, personally, it, it really affected how I perceived these people. I guess um, we had. I, I mean, the voice actors did fine, but I guess it's just the way uh, the way I heard them. It, yeah, it just it hurt it for me. I don't know. So hearing do you- Gojo do his really like blue balled voice, like. I don't know if I can really do anything for you, Marin. It was really painful um, when he first started talking. And I was like, oh, man, surely, surely that changes. And I mean, of course it doesn't. And then Marin was actually really refreshing. <laughs> but she did a lot of this Valley Girl talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of it. But they did great. So- it was, it's Trey Problems. Uh, so that that actually comes down to like scripting sometimes in like direction, uh, because one of the things that a lot of people don't know is like there's different there's different words and styles of speaking in Japanese for different groups of people um, like Yaru kind of have their own little shorthand and words that they use. And I think their attempt in scripting was to replicate that kind of difference, like uh, a lot of times that formal speech that Gojo uses uh, versus her kind of like very overly familiar kind of Gyaru speech. Like it, it's used as a contrast between literally like who they are as people, mm-hmm. but it's kind of weird whenever you have, you have to try to adapt that to an English language. So, I mean, I, I admire what they did, but it's, it also does kind of, I agree with you. I did see some of the dub and it did take me a little bit out of it. It's like, whoa, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm overthinking it. Like, I mean, I wonder if it's like that if I knew Japanese, like if I fluently knew Japanese and I was like listening to this and it was, it would it be the same effect. And I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like I really like the Japanese dub. Um, they all, I feel like uh, Gojo's more calm than he is like strained in the, in the dub kind of way. He's definitely yeah. a, ner- a nervous Nelly. Like I said, I don't know why I'm going with that alliteration today, but I'm going with it. Um, but he does eventually kind of like, come around to talking normally and i like i didn't i didn't watch enough of the dub to know for sure if he stays kind of strained and and weird that's just uh that's just his that's the voice actor's voice Mm -hmm. that he did for the whole thing it was kind of odd um but i guess to kind of piggyback off what you said i started listening to a podcast called the uh the anime virgin podcast um no relation and (laughs) they uh they talked about listening to the sub and dub of attack on Titan. And I feel like that's probably kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. there where a lot of people have issues with, I think it's Bryce Pappenbrook who plays Aaron Yeager um, and how he normally delivers his protagonist voices and screams and all of the ways he does things. Cause normally when you hear Bryce once you hear Bryce all the time, Um, (laughs) he's, he's the, uh, he's Kirito from Mm -hmm. uh, sort of online. once you look him up, you're, you're going to recognize him from everything. Yeah. Um, but apparently hearing him talk as Aaron is pretty painful. I'm used to it, but I, I like Bryce. <laughs> um, he's the right amount of, of anime protagonist for mm-hmm. me, but hearing it in Japanese is a lot more epic. He he's, it, it just delivers different or not hearing him hearing Aaron in Japanese is different and more enjoyable. Yeah, I uh, I feel that way about uh, uh, Steve Bloom. I hope that's how you say his last name. It's not Blum, and I'm just like being rude as hell. I uh, feel like it's Bloom. I think I've always heard yeah. people say Bloom. 
you know, he did the voice of uh, Spike Spiegel. He's in the new Neon White game as the main character. Uh, he did, uh, I believe, he did Onizuka in Great Teacher Onizuka. Uh, I'd have to double, I'd have to double check that last one. But whenever I hear him, he sounds like the same throughout every performance. I do not think that's a bad performance. He sounds like like a really charming kind of like like sort of confident main character. But mm-hmm. I also feel the same way about it. It's like when you hear him in this and you hear him in this, you're like, yeah, that's him. That's the guy. Um, but I don't know how to feel about the sub and dub versus attack on Titan because, uh, you know, just because the trash is in a green bag or a black bag doesn't really change the fact that it's trash. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You know, I. That's I, a lot I, of damage. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> damn uh, yeah i uh i'm gonna get attacked a lot I, and the worst part is i'm probably gonna finally sit down and finish watching the show um all the I'm way not. through i'm not i'm <laughs> you, i'm gonna read were, it i'm gonna read so it i'm salty not gonna, about the last I'm so season. pissed about there being a part three <laughs> to the final se- we're talking about a whole different show whole different show uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we need to get away from we we do this a lot we get back on this is like me talking about rent a girlfriend oh my god that got a uh, season two. I saw that. I can't out. believe it doesn't deserve it. Mm. Like, it's, like if domestic girlfriend deserved an anime more than fucking rent a girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. I, I have extremely strong opinions about how much I dislike rent a girlfriend before it came, became cool to shit on rent a girlfriend. And, and I still stand by that. Anyways, about my dress up darling one of my favorite series and like feel good series of all time let's take let's take this this barn fire that is my anger and put it aside um and talk about this and uh you know so i i don't think the dub is bad i just feel like there's some scripting and, and directing issues there and i watch it mostly sub because i just i like kind of hearing their performances and it kind of makes me more a little more familiar with uh the language I, I pick up certain words and stuff like that so it's and it's really interesting when you do do that when you listen to somebody's like different uh dialect and stuff like that or a slang language you can you can notice that it's different from other people's and i guess that's really what i took away from the japanese dub is i could tell her language was different from his mm-hmm. um because actually if you read the manga it actually has a similar thing going on with the uh translation she's uh, it's, i don't know if it's uh she uses like totes in yeah, the, in the dialogue and stuff like that, so it's not too far different. But <clears throat> yeah, she's a she's a. I think uh, the voice actress that was uh, Amelie, was Amelie, Amelie? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I think she did a great job. I think yeah, she did. She sounded really good. So, but okay, so we've we've talked the voice the the voiceover. Like, what about the actual like story? Like uh, from the beginning, <sighs> man. So those two actually meeting and, and getting to know each other's hobbies and getting ingrained was super fun. That was that was great. I, I the more solo screen time those two had, the more invested I was. Um I could I could just watch Gojo and Marin interact and teach each other things all day as he taught her things about clothing or she taught him things about real world. Like mm-hmm. it it was fun watching them or hang was it episode two or three where they went to the mall or there's a point where they went to the mall. Um, that was so much fun watching them, ju- watching her get him dressed, not, not her getting <laughs> dressed, but sorry. Um, like he got, choosing he, clothes for him. Yeah. 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 
her dressing him up actually reversing the role that was that was so much fun like and he was uncomfortable the whole time because he's never been in that predicament he always wear he always wears his uh robes but now he yeah. is wearing like hawaiian shirts and like jeans and stuff and he's out of his element but she's loving every second because she thinks he looks cute doing all uh, these things and it's uh, it's nice they're blooming relationships wonderful what what do you think I, I i do like that scene because it, it i kind of expected it to do the tired joke of like he really does not look good in those clothes and then it just turns out she thinks he's cute and everything and mm-hmm. she gets super excited about it it's just such a like a very wholesome moment she's a very wholesome character which is um kind of kind of unusual like he, a lot of times they introduce uh because i feel it's weird because they have like the uh the yamato nadeshiko kind of trope where it's like the the traditional uh girlfriend or or wife that's like perfect and in obedient in every way or they have like the what is it the magical girlfriend one where it's like oh my god it's like you know he wishes for her to be his girlfriend and she's like this perfect specimen and nothing's wrong with her or you have the other direction and it's like there's all these flaws. There is Sundere, things like that. And I feel yeah. like Marin really kind of drops into the believable range. And it's just like a really fun loving extrovert who doesn't really kind of get that she's as like attractive or fun as everybody kind of takes her on. Like to her, it doesn't seem any different than just day to day activity. She's human. Mm-hmm. She is. Those two are incredibly like human for an anime. Like mm-hmm. lo- looking at something like uh, uh, we just talked about last time, uh, Masamune Kun's Revenge. Like that's based in a real world scenario, but all those characters are pretty extreme variants of what a person could be. You know, that person called me pig like, so I'm going to go to the mountain and train for 17 years until I can come back and get revenge. Or I'm literally going to bully everyone with with banners and all this other shit like it's all really extremes of single single features but these two are human they're Mm -hmm. there's nothing really too extreme about them they're they're just people with hobbies and people that get to know each other through what they do by chance and it's it's nice their their flaws are human their their strengths are human and it's it's great yeah i i think uh to go back whenever they whenever they first meet it, it's he's really not into the concept like he's like i'm annoying her like he feels like he's annoying everyone around him mm-hmm. that's how kind of like how much of a complex he's built up and uh so when he when he actually runs into mar and, and her and her attempt at cosplay because that's that's how they end up meeting up again <laughs> he kind of runs away and he goes to he goes to hide out somewhere essentially and she ends up being there trying on her her cosplay outfit that she made with quotation marks and he just and it looks like this awkward moment like he caught her doing something bad and then he she's you know they end up kind of talking about it and he's like this is bad like this is a really bad costume yeah and i, he, I love this is played up oh yeah he breaks it down he mm-hmm. he lets down like oh what are these laces what is what is this fabric this is trash this is be-. he doesn't say that but like he mm-hmm. he lets her know that this is not craftsmanship and you, you can't go out dressed like this if you're trying to be somebody and uh, as she as they talk she realizes you know this is a this is a guy that knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. whether or not it's through this you know unique hobby or not that he's or unique lifestyle i guess that he's taken up it's not a, a hobby for him it's a dream Mm-hmm. Um, but through all that, he's he's shown his prowess, and now they've entered into this agreement that he's going to help her become the slippery girl. 
Um, oh, this is this is where we get our trademark humor throughout the series introduced for the first time. Gojo is a very earnest person. He he's very whatever what he cares about, he is very devoted to. And so for him, this is an opportunity for him to help somebody and get involved in something he cares about, which in this case would be clothes. And to him, it's more of like a, just a bigger Hina doll to like, you can just see that that's what he cares about. That's why he's looking at like the stitching, the, the buttons, all these different things. Um, and not necessarily like really kind of assessing how she looks in it. Um, and that's when she busts out. Like, he's like, Oh, well, you know, she's talking about the character and she loves it, uh, the character so much. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, what's the character from? And she's like, from, saint something something or other slippery slippery girls too which is a hentai game and this is the first like curveball like immediately like they're not cosplaying normal anime characters she's cosplaying a hentai like heroine which in this case means that this costume is going to be racy from the get-go it's actually aside from the chest it's really not too bad yeah it's, it's really not awful it, it looks a lot like rim or ram from mm-hmm. re-zero it's it's really not bad that's a great comparison Thanks. I do what I can. I always try to pull an isekai out of my ass whenever I can. <laughs> That's where they live, right? That's where I was trying <laughs> to figure out how to work that in or work it out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, this also, this also like, because it's just very much a fish out of water kind of experience. Like she's like, yeah, look, and I love how she does. Like she goes through this horrible sexual situation and, and he's just like, what is happening? What is she talking to me about? This is, and she has no qualms whatsoever. She does not care about how loud or even like inappropriate she is. And I think there's a, a funny scene where basically it shows him and say, Hey, aren't those for people who are over 18? And it literally shows an arrow go through one ear and out the other. And she just like, <laughs> she just passes by it completely. And it's, it's such a great little bit of comedy. And that's pretty awesome. I like that. Um, they agree to work on the costume together and uh or you know gojo agrees to work on the costume and she gives him a copy of the game and he goes home and starts playing the game to learn about the character and like his grandfather <laughs> walks in on him and the ga- the computer is literally like making the hentai sounds and he's like oh uh excuse me and of course all he's doing there's like sitting taking notes while yeah. there's like you know anime girl screams going on and i'm i just just die and laugh when this shit happened um and that that was a lot of that was a lot of good comedy in that. But uh, we follow this up with the episodes in the and the chapters that kind of gave me a little bit of hesitance in the series. Like I'm not I, I love it a lot, but I, I will admit a little bit of hesitance. This is the scene where she shows up at his house to yeah. do the measurements, and this girl turns up, and I, I know it's she's awful. an extrovert. She's an awful. extrovert. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird kind of pace at the beginning of the series she turns up at his house to get the measurements done because she's just ready and raring to go and he was like we'll do it next weekend or something and she's like no hey i'm at your house and she's in regular clothes but then it turns out she was wearing a bathing suit underneath and she just strips down for him to like do uh measurements and they spend a lot of time kind of like really accentuating a lot Her. of it yeah absolutely and it's even like he's nervous and trying to be like no this is not a comfortable situation and she just kind of keeps pushing it. And I think in the anime, they even add the foot scene, which is like yeah. all the foot, the foot fetishes on Twitter just went nuts about that. And I like in the manga, it's better paced to the point where it's like, OK, she's just an impulsive person. But when you watch a 30 minute episode where it's like 
this is a little bit of a showcase. It's hard not to be surprised um, when people on Twitter are like, look at this crap. It's all, you know, like etchy hentai shit and they get all up in arms about it. And I'm like, well, well look, look at these screen cap grabs. And it doesn't help when they do when they do like the stereotypical scenes where it's like it's just zooming all over her and all you hear is like Gojo's voice in the background. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, OK, so that's this really is all about her. This this is not about you know them growing right now Mm -hmm. this is this is literally a fan service episode this is not about growth until we pull gojo back into the scene from his first person view and it's 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 20 minutes of that and 10 minutes of the actual content that was actually in the manga because that's the thing is in the manga it's like a couple quick like just pictures yeah and it's not really it's not really like panned across zoomed in as a, a bead of sweat drips down someone's like skin kind of thing you know, it's it's a little bit more tasteful. It's still like, you know, very much extrovert being super impulsive and a little weird, at least in, like that's like the beginning of their friendship. Like it, it would be one thing if they had kind of like established like, hey, we work on clothes together. But I mean, they do play her up as being pretty like go getter no matter what. Um, but I do feel like it also paced it better in the manga. The This is also, you know, they go shopping after this isn't is, they go shopping for the material. yeah after the measurements Mm -hmm. that's when they they actually get to go shopping and that's that's nice and that's that's when she does the mommy got paid or something or mommy's got a credit card or something (laughs) and that's uh it's so stupid um but she lets her lets him know that money's not an object and he is able to do whatever he needs so that he can get her the most quality outfits um and so he he's in a wonderland just Mm -hmm. being able to get all this material so he can start stitching um but really that's that's just kind of a fun let's go shopping episode um until they get to the tense part where he realizes he's now working on a deadline where he only has two weeks to get this entire outfit finished this entire quality handcrafted outfit finished um before she has to go show off at this convention um and it trips him out he he like goes into the cave of depression mm-hmm. and he he stops showing up to school he he's having to manage his granddad's shop it's it's not going good for gojo during these two weeks but he he kind of finally gets it together he finally mm-hmm. talks to marin and he's, he pulls through but it's kind of hard to watch it was uh him having a, a little bit of a sinkhole yeah this is a, another one of those like human moments that's really believable and realistic in the series is like they actually show him like basically going round and around in his own head and like getting to the point where he's like crying he's like this is horrible i want to give up everything is terrible and and it literally shows you like the kind of stuff that people do when they kind of have to like they're they're kind of breaking down from something and then they have to do it anyways because it literally shows his tears welling up they drip down his face he's he's laying on the floor everything is dark and, and miserable and he it does this whole little monologue about how how hard things is and it just he sits there silent for like a good solid like you know 10 seconds or so and it just animates and he gets up and just gets back to work you know it's like he gets to have this moment where he's like i am truly and utterly fucked and miserable guess i better finish it anyways and that just kind of like shows his his own like kind of motivation because to me that was like he wants to because they kind of intersperse early even early on that this they kind of show parallels between 
this and his Hina doll work. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the things he was freaking out about. He's like, I'm not practicing my Hina doll stuff. You know, I got this deadline for this co- costume. I think he also had exams and his grandfather had hurt his back. So he was doing tours of the studio, like barely sleeping, you know, shit like that. And it, I don't know. It's just, it, it does a great job of showing like he cares enough about this thing compared to compared to his own life that even though he's miserable, he's going to get up and finish it anyways. And I thought that was a really great episode. Just kind of pulled the heartstrings in a big way because it was like, Whoa, I bet we all have felt that way. Oh yeah. It was, it was human. It's, it's just one of those, this show is human. It's cemented in, in real things and it's nice. Um, but after that, you're right. He does finish mm-hmm. and we actually get to see Marin try it on and they get to go to the otaku contest or cosplay event. Um, and that's, that's a fun event to watch. Um, just watching <laughs> or sorry. So it's fun in different aspects. Uh, so it's fun watching Marin go have fun and interact with these other people. It's her first cosplay event and Gojo's just watching from a distance, checking everything out, seeing how she's reacting. And that's nice. Um, and then you get to probably the, the best 10, 15 seconds of the entire <laughs> 12 episode anime where you see, <sighs> This is the most art. De- yeah, this is the most art detailed culture I've ever seen. I, I I think I saw the snippet on Twitter and I sent it to you immediately. Yeah, you um, did. And I was like, is this from my dress up darling? <laughs> um I don't even want to I, I, I can't do any justice talk I can't I can't do justice talking about it. I feel like okay. you, you just have to go watch it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because it's it, it is a it's art. it is a it is a an experience. It's it is more detailed than you've ever expected. It is uh, what, what is, is your favorite phrase comes to mind whenever I imagine it is scene. bounce. <laughs> there is <laughs> there is too much bounce and too much ounce. You got um, you got you got a, a ounce bounce overdose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking overloaded. Yeah, it was, um, it was it was crazy, but it's it's also like only like a small portion of the episode, and actually serves to kind of like lead into a discussion about what it's like to cosplay in different temperatures because this scene while hilariously artsy and cultured as we we've uh, so put it also leads into discovering that she her character is wearing like a corset and like various accoutrements to make her body and and style look like the game character what was that word you just said accoutrements accoutrements i, I don't know it depends. Hang look, on, I'm gonna have to look that up because I, I don't think what you just said is a word. Are you gonna Are you gonna give me crap for saying accoutrements? Don't. I, I'm gonna have to save you right here. You're Hang like, on. stop saying that word, please. P- please stop saying that word. <laughs> but go ahead and talk about the uh, talk about the show. I'll come back to you on that. So, essentially, it's it shows that she's they've been outside in hot temperatures and she's wearing a black outfit with a corset and stuff like that. And uh, she is actually starting to get faint because she's so hot and so sweaty from being trapped in, in the outfit. So this is also where you learn about what it means for like temperature controlling. It is cooter meant. Ha! Take that. <laughs> what is a accoutrement? <laughs> Have I made that word up? Have I been saying this wrong? <laughs> you have been years? saying it wrong the whole time and no one corrected you. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. I've said inventory wrong for years. I used to say inventory. 
until oh, I uh, no. until like, I got no a real job. Up? Well, yeah, I mean, I've only said it in the instance of me and my brother, and we were playing games, so we only had each other. <laughs> and oh, so fair like, hey, check your inventory. And so I w- got my first job, and I was like, they're like, hey, Trey, go do the inventory. And I was like, you mean the inventory? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> the inventory. Man, to be a fly on the wall in that discussion. God, um, I'm sorry. Back to but no, this back is to your this actually, Yeah, this is actually where they. Uh, so in the manga, they actually address some some of the actual mechanics and work behind cosplay a little bit earlier. But in the anime, this is kind of where you see it. It's like she he never even considered that the type of material he was using would trap heat. Uh, so when they're outside in the sun and the heat of the summer, I believe it's a summer event that they're in mm-hmm. and she's like sweating her, her ass off and getting like really like dehydrated and kind of faint. And it's like, it's one of the things I like about my dress up darling is it kind of doesn't shy away from explaining a little bit, like some of the detailed elements of cosplay. Um, this is actually explored a lot more in the manga to the point where they have little infographics that do quick explanations of like, how wigs work and how they're applied, how makeup is applied for cosplayers um, and information about materials and things like that. So I think it's actually really kind of cool, but it, it's clear that, you know, the anime was, wasn't going to spend, you know, because when you read all those details, it takes a little bit more time. I'd say they're probably the more text dense parts of the manga. So that would have been like, like, uh, like how heavy are the dumbbells can you lift? Like where they'd have like the girls doing silly girl things. And then they had to, these little like, Hey, in case you didn't know, when you do a push-up, it's this. And they Macho Isimo like, in the background <laughs> doing his push-ups. Love I love that series. I know it's dumb as hell, but I love it. <laughs> um, anyways, they do that in the manga a lot more, but there's a few things here and there in the anime. And I was glad they at least kept in the like the pretty straightforward stuff. And of course, this requires him to unzip the 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 outfit and stuff like that. And and he learns a lot from that experience. And uh, this also leads into the first this is this is actually the first point where they it kind of hints at romance is because earlier in the series and uh gojo says he has a really hard time calling something beautiful unless it truly is beautiful that's why he talks to her about how much he loves hina dolls and how he thinks they're beautiful and while they're going back on the train he's kind of sleep sleeping on the train and she uh she's talking to him and she thinks he's listening and then he says uh, that she looked beautiful today and so she gets all like uh flustered and and you know kind of like shy about it um and that's when we actually find we find out that she kind of likes him and i love i love this little turnabout in the rom-com is because most of the time it's the guy pining after the girl really hardcore um and in this one not only does the girl like the guy first and is the one that's crushing it's just a lot more realistic like she doesn't spend all of her time doing it like some of the guy characters in some rom-coms like that's from the beginning of the chapter to the end of the chapter, like that's all they're doing. And I like that this is very like, can, I'm going to say it a lot during this episode is it's very realistic. It's very human is she's like, Oh, I, I'm kind of crushing on him anyways. Like the next day it's like, Hey, do you want to work on cosplay stuff? Like this is, this is a thing that is somewhere in the brain, but it's not the foremost thing. And I think that's refreshing. Yeah. Um, uh, One, one big piece. If I'm remembering this right, I, I had a bit problem with the, cool down bit they were doing because he was trying to unzip her corset or unzip her clothes and she just would not stop moaning 
and she was oh, doing yeah. that incredibly loud. And he was like, "Can you mm-hmm. stop? Uh, you're embarrassing me." She's like, "There's nothing wrong with this." And like a, like a beached whale, and it was so <laughs> awful and just embarrassing. Um, yeah, because he had the water bottle, right? And it was a yeah. cool water bottle, and she was acting like it was yeah but like she was drinking it and he was just undoing buttons that was it it was it it was i don't i don't know this, I is, a, this is a i'm about to drop an, an old person this is like a very uh was it uh when harry met sally moment when she uh, ah she, yeah, yeah yeah that's a great that's a great i actually scene know that one seen it. i'm proud of you because that's a great scene it's uh i'll have it's one of our said. favorites <laughs> um so they finished their first cosplay event uh it it is done good on them um however it turns out they've garnered some fame um they've taken pictures and what's her name marin has posted them online and it's uh it's made the roundabouts and it's gotten the eyes of a particular cosplayer that turns out marin actually adores and she actually pays a visit to gojo to make her a special outfit (laughs) and this begins what i think to be the most pointless couple of episodes <laughs> um i was really infuriated that uh, this really? happened i hated this um i think it's cool from a cosplay perspective that this was happening mm-hmm. I, they, yeah. I i understand why it's happening um because you get to see or I, i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna talk about these kind of from a broader aspect because i don't care about these characters these two mm. new characters so it's it's a professional cosplayer that comes in uh she she sees gojo's work and she's like hey i like what you do um i saw what you did for that girl i want you to do it for me for this character mm. and marin comes in turns out oh i really like this person i want to do a group cosplay event and that's what's now going to happen next um and then turns out this new girl i don't i don't have her name down juju juju is the uh, girl um, so Juju has a sister who is a Titan, actually comparable to Aaron Yeager. Uh, who, <laughs> who also wants to cosplay. Um, and she wants to cosplay along with uh, Marin and Juju. And y- you get to see Ju- Gojo kind of get new skills and clothing mm-hmm. and how to dress women. Uh, apart from Gojo or apart from his Hina dolls, because all three of these women are built different uh, in their proportions. And across these next, hang on, how many fucking episodes is this? One, two, three, four, four, five episodes is <laughs> these two girls or these three girls getting their outfits so they can do a group cosplay so that gojo can develop more skills marin can fall a little bit more in love and every i don't know i i really hated the saga so i just wanted more garin and mojo i mean garin and gojo i mean marin and go i hate their names marin and gojo why can't it just be naruto and sasuke right those are completely normal and rememberable in the perfect way you're it only right. took what it only what took like a 780 episodes. You're right. You're right. right. But that that's kind of my take on this next mm. group group cosplay arc and I, I'm really simplifying that but what, yeah, did, you what are. did you think about this? So p- please l- let me okay. let me hear your rebuttal. I call defendant uh, senpai to the stand. Oh, thank you. Thank you, your honor. 
and <laughs> prosecution, whatever. Um, also executor. <laughs> hey, you're just a multi-purpose kind of guy. Uh, this is actually a really important set of introductions and experiences. Now, this unfortunately doesn't have full payoff until probably next season for the anime. Objection. Um, That's a contradiction within itself. What are you talking about? I abstain. Let it go. Okay. <laughs> You're never going to win a case like this, prosecutor. Um, no, the, the point is you basically meet uh, a professional cosplayer who, who gets a little too much into Gojo's personal life because she shows up at his house. Also, is like soaked in rain. He thinks she's an elementary school student because she's a, a lolly, essentially. Or a, uh, a uh, what's it called? Child. Like a, she's, she's a child. She's not a child. She's, she's drawn to be very small in stature. and uh, But she's actually 5,000 years old. No, and a, a cosplayer. <laughs> no, she's a, she's a freaking high school student, but they do, they do draw her to be a little bit smaller. Um, and I, this that is, is a lolly, I, right? That, that would constitute a lolly. Yeah, uh, to a degree. Yes, it still okay. technically fa- qualifies. So... This is, and they, they end up in like, you know, like, I think she ends up taking, he invites her in to kind of wait until uh, her, his grandfather gets back and lets her use the shower. And she, of course, comes out naked and hijinks and soup, um, which was just such a weird kind of aside. I mean, it's pretty typical anime stuff. So it's like, oh, no, you saw me naked, an awkward moment. I screamed and things like that. Um and they kind of start talking about doing the the costumes together. Marin ends up showing up and fangirls out about this girl. And you get to see the kind of person she is. She literally sells it. She's like, I do the cosplay for me. I post it online. Uh, my sister does all the other stuff. Like, I just do it because I like it. And you get introduced to her and she explains uh, a little bit about herself. It's like, you know, the fact that whenever she most people like when they want to grow up, they want to be like, you know, a lawyer or a doctor. They have very real things that they can be. And for her, the reason why she always uh, cosplays is because she wanted to be a magical girl. And when she got older, she found out you can't be a magical girl. But she found something as close as she could get. And I, I thought that was really important because it's like it's about some of the personal motivation to cosplay. And uh, then you kind of continue on. Uh, they all agree to do it uh, to a degree, and they go on a shopping trip, if I recall correctly. Um, and then they get, meet the Titty they, Titan. Yes, the Titty Titan. <laughs> or okay. so, as uh, I believe this is Senju, is I think her name. I can't recall exactly. Shinju. Uh, Shinju, yeah. you're right. Um, and she is the younger sister of the Lolly High Schooler and happens to be a middle schooler, but she's built like a a goddamn lighthouse and uh this is this is uh, played up for a little bit of comedy so it but it's a little weird because it's like this middle schooler <laughs> what are you laughing about <laughs> i think this is the second time you've said someone has built like a like a structure and it's just thrown me <laughs> off like i don't i don't know if i could ever just hear someone say wow man you are built like a hospital <laughs> Just understand that to be a compliment. <laughs> it can be both. It depends on how, what metaphor you're going for. Like, damn, you are built like a haunted house. <laughs> that on? also can apply. You're built like a haunted house. You're a lot of fun. You're built like a haunted house. You scare the shit out of me. Shit's <laughs> missing. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> 
so they played that up for a little bit of comedy, but you get you get to see that Gojo is starting to kind of open up to more social situations and notice certain social cues because he notices that the younger sister, while she talks about doing the photography and the editing, you're still thinking about the lighthouse. <laughs> God damn it. Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Um, He notices that she seems to be interested in the cosplay itself. And of course, the the other two girls are talking about the magical girl series that they're basing their costumes on and the storyline going on. I think uh, this is actually a really funny section because Marn gives Gojo the entire series of the magical girl series, just like a 22 uh, DVD set. And it's like here and he watches all of it. Yeah, and, oh, they uh, watch it together. They they have marathons. That's right, because this is the whole uh, at home date that mm-hmm. she's like. Very, she gets very excited about it, and this is where you also find out she has uh, a terrible diet, despite being a, which they yeah they, she yeah, can't she's cook. a model she's, she's a model yeah. her her dad's not home she can't cook so she either eats out and it's like always meat and uh, like really unhealthy foods and he's it's always a lot of it so gojo's like uh you should come over to my house where we eat real meals <laughs> at one point and i mean he doesn't say it like that but he invites her to eat dinner with her, his grandfather and him um and this goes on and so it turns out gojo's secretly helping the little sister do a cosplay of her own which actually happens to be crossplay in terms of like a female cosplaying a male and they, they they go to the shoot and the girls are there and they do some more kind of like opening up uh, to Gojo and and Marin and kind of like how they get together. And then the little sister shows up and is dressed as one of the male characters from the, the show. Uh, and they talk about how much she really wants to cosplay, but she's like, you know, not suited for it. And it's like, it really doesn't matter. You know, there's different stuff like that. So the sisters get closer and that's really what this, this section is about. There is far more to it, but I mean, like I'm, I'm already gushing quite a bit about this. Um, still have more things to say. Cause this is literally one of the series that I've just put a lot of thought into. Um, but the sisters get closer. It kind of hints that the, the older sister kind of now has a thing for Gojo as well, but it really doesn't sell it as much as they sell. Uh, Marin, because clearly Marin's gonna win. Um, and <laughs> and then that storyline is over, which ends, uh, which is punctuated by uh, they explain how she got rid of the the giant boobs is having a uh, a uh, like basically a, a boob wrap that's made for cosplayers to flatten breasts out so they can resemble male people. Except her breasts are so powerful that they snap it. And that's that's literally like the end of that storyline is like it's like, oh, no, her booze broke the thing. And it's like, all right, now we that was a fun thing to do. We're moving on with our lives. Off we go. Yeah. 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 I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I just I just wanted a deeper relationship thing Mm -hmm. between Marin and Gojo. I didn't want a third wheel to try to hop in. I didn't want this side plot with this sister and this weird lolly middle school thing we yeah. happening that it was all it, it started off neat and I, I understand the parallel of a couple not not necessarily a couple but like two people that are also doing the same thing a main cosplayer and a support cosplayer um doing the same thing and that's nice that they got to see that but it felt like filler um mm. almost and- 
this is where it's hard because these th- these storylines like take so long to go off in the serialization that is in the manga. This it does play into later storylines that are vastly important for oh, advancing okay. the characters. Yes. Um, so these girls come back. Yes, into absolutely. The... Absolutely. Okay. Yes, they they come uh, and there's other characters that there's there's characters that you've met in the anime that come back again. Mm. Like they seem like side characters. I I was shocked in some cases when the when the manga was uh you know continuing on. Like I thought that character was like a one off you know like side character, and they don't hesitate to bring back anybody. So like I've had to go back and read earlier chapters and be like, who the hell is this person? Oh, there they are, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it leads like, and that's the thing is like this series. While and that's the thing is the anime doesn't really do as deep of a job of selling it that it's about cosplay. It is about people and human emotions and how they handle um, social anxiety and things like that, because it really focuses heavily on to fan service for a good chunk of it. I, I wonder if because they did, they didn't want to like finish the anime in the middle of the storylines that are existing right now in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, or they wanted to hold it off for like a second season, whatever the case is. But you see that in, and I'm not really, there's, there's the following up, ep- the end up, the rest of the episodes of the season are pretty much like he asked her for another costume. It's a little risque, so she can't really take it anywhere. More fan service happens, a little more advancement. And then they end up, they end up making a fourth costume and trying to do a photo shoot uh, <laughs> at a love hotel because they were trying to find a good place to shoot this uh, themed costume set for like some online photos. And they didn't realize it was, well, she didn't realize it was a love, love hotel. He knew it was the moment he saw it. <laughs> He was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I can't be here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it also is like probably one of the most like uh, like kind of sexually charged moments in the series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And- there's this uh, there was this meme going around about it uh, whenever it aired and it said there's something rising and it's not the shield hero. <laughs> and it was so funny. I was I wasn't even watching the show, but like you, you could just tell what was happening like. It was Myron. She was in this succubus outfit and she was on top of Gojo. And it was just, there's something rising. And it's not the shield hero. <laughs> and it was so funny. Of course, of course, you would love the stupidest thing. But <laughs> it was actually out of a, uh, it was, they were very into the photo shoot and it was more about perspective. And then, and then he realizes that the last thing is like, oh, wait, there is a hot girl in very skimpy clothes sitting on top of me and he has to like get her off of him and it's like then all of a sudden they hear the sounds of people having sex in the other room and they're like oh wait we are in a freaking love hotel and they you know take off and it's like very awkward for a bit and i think the entire the first season ends with them talking about everything via the phone oh no they go out to see fireworks together that's right yes it's a very beautifully animated episode by the way it's 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 amazing. Cloverworks was a hell of a studio in the first place, but they really like, it seems like every season they put their hands on something. They're turning up the gas. Like, this was an Anaplex. It's Cloverworks. Oh, I have Anaplex. I don't know why I have Anaplex. You're right. It um, was Cloverworks. I feel like I know we've talked about that. I don't know yeah, why I have Anaplex. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and they really turned up the, the gas on this show. And then of course, as you know, spy, spy family, spy X family, whatever you want to say, they're uh they're doing that with Wit studio and they turned it i feel like they turned up the gas on that one too that that show is amazing but for this like the fireworks scene is just beautiful to watch an animated animated stuff i mean, we will give them that like there are scenes in this manga that are supposed to seem very 
bombastic and like beautiful and have like this kind of artistic flair and it does but man you put that in color with some good sound and just overall great animation and it kind of hits a little different and uh i'm a big fan of that so i I think i like both but uh i think they wrap it up by like talking on the phone after the fireworks session and he he and her just kind of chatting and joking around and then like she asked him to stay on the phone with him and she basically confesses to him but he's asleep which is pretty standard affair i think she already knew that's what they kind of give the impression yeah and that's that's where she got the confidence to say it was that she knew he was asleep it was infuriating that's that's the part i hated was that now I have to end with this dress up darling. I, I keep wanting to say darling on the Franks dress up darling um, where she's confessed love. Gojo doesn't know. And I have to wait for season two or I could read. I know, but uh, <laughs> alas, here I it's, am. It, it's okay. This, this series is actually more about social anxiety and trauma and, and overcoming it through other people and connections. Um, because I'll kind of wrap this up pretty quickly as like a little main idea. I definitely have a lot of deep thoughts about it, especially if we're talking about the rest of the series. But in terms of the first five like volumes of the manga in the first season, you have a guy who's been traumatized by the fact that he, the thing he loves earned him ridicule at a young age, and he was not ready for it. He did not have the mental capacity to be called gross because he liked to work on these dolls. Um, and that affected him in a big way. I mean, you see that from the beginning of the series. He's very awkward. He doesn't like talking to people. He has no friends. Like they literally point that out in the show and the manga. I I'm in high school and I still have no friends. And, uh, this, this whirlwind of an extroverted girl jams her way into his life and manages to find a connection that connects to what he, he loves. And the reason why he ends up helping her with costumes is because he thinks that she's going to think it's gross and she thinks it's awesome. And for the first time in his life, he's actually been told by someone that what he does, like somebody that's not his family for that matter. Like his grandfather's like, it's cool. You're my apprentice, but validation from an outside source can really make a lot of difference. And this is the first time somebody from outside of his family has said, what you do is okay. That's great. There's nothing weird about it. And so it finally gives him the confidence to step up and do something technically associated with that field that he wouldn't do normally. And so he continues throughout this whole thing, going through experiences and growing from it. Um, and it's, it's very educational along the way too about the cosplay uh, hobby. It's very realistic. And I, I think that's cool, but you see that in each of the episodes, he, he, he can't seem to, he's learning to be comfortable around somebody who is way too comfortable around him. I mean, the whole like measurements thing. And, and so, and he, he's still so, bothered by stuff that even when she's clearly being really friendly with him he thinks it's a mistake and it that kind of continues for quite a while but he slowly starts to meet more people like senju and juju and realize that everybody kind of has their own thing you know senju is afraid to cosplay because she's bigger it doesn't fit the character and uh her her older sister only does it for fun and you know doesn't understand the appeal, but then when she does cosplay with Marin and her sister, she starts to realize that, oh, there is actually something enjoyable about this, but I'm also not going to compromise myself. So, you know, and there's all these connections between people that come together to kind of address their own faults and I guess insecurities. And I, I like that a lot. And it's kind of, it's kind of wild to see that uh, even Marin has, you know, some insecurities that pop up 
occasionally in the series because she seems like the you know the perfect wonderful extrovert but she's really not she's got her own issues maybe not nearly as deep as some of the other characters but that's really what it comes across as and i I love the constant growth and the comedy thrown in and the cosplay information um and uh, i look forward to more of it i look forward to more chapters the newest chapter came out recently and it was it was really good as well uh, the current storyline is is fantastic, and I'm looking forward to season two of the anime because nothing is that fucking successful and not get a season two. Yeah, I don't know actually. Uh, Tessma Sister New Devil got a season two and a movie, um, so really, shit walks, shit talks. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Steve, but, that seems yeah. like a pretty good wrap on season one of Dress Up Darling. I'm glad yeah. we finally got to set our hearts free, or Absolutely. you set your heart free about season one at least. I have I'm so much to low. say about the rest of the show. Oh my god, yeah. the series! Like, there's so much to come up that's really important to a lot of my thoughts on the characters. Um, but I need to put you to bed, buddy. We need, we both need some rest. I got thoughts. I got opinions. I got love for my dress up darling. If anybody wants to hit me up bonsai bandit on Twitter. Uh, and I will happily talk to you about my dress up darling. Even if you tell me I'm wrong and it's just a lot of tits and ass. Don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't come at him crazy. Cause if you come in, only I'm coming to him crazy. <laughs> That's true. You, that is, uh... <laughs> but if you want to come at me and tell me that that's wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll affirm it. <laughs> um, you can message us at Senco podcast at most, uh, actually at all social media platforms. You can follow us at your, so, or your podcast platform of choice. Uh, still not back on YouTube yet. Uh, still having issues there at getting the rest of everything uploaded. Um, but we're working on it. Absolutely. Um, apart from that, Steven, that's all I got for now. I'll see you next time, buddy. See you next time, Chief. Good night. Night.